ان الحمد لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله وحده لا شريك له واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله حق تقاته ولا تموتن الا وانتم مسلمون يا ايها الناس اتقوا ربكم الذي خلقكم من نفس واحده وخلق منها زوجها وبث منهما رجالا كثيرا ونساء واتقوا الله الذي تساءلون به والارحام ان الله كان عليكم رقيبا يا ايها الذين امنوا اتقوا الله وقولوا قولا سديدا يصلح لكم اعمالكم ويغفر لكم ذنوبكم ومن يطع الله ورسوله فقد فاز فوزا عظيما اما بعد فان اصدق الحديث كتاب الله تعالى وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار ايها المسلمون عباد الله Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, O oh, you who believe, fear Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, keep your duty to Allah the way that he ought to be feared, and do not die except as Muslimun. And in the second verse that we quoted in our khutbatul hajjah, which is the khutbah which Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam would start his khutab and his sermons with, Allah says, Ya ayyuhal nas, O oh, people, O humanity, be mindful of your Lord who created you from a single soul and from it he created its spouse and through both he spread countless men and women and be mindful of, be mindful of Allah in whose name you appeal to one another and honor family ties. Surely Allah is ever watchful over you. And then in the third ayah Allah said, O people of Iman, Ya ladina amanu, O believers, be mindful of Allah, be conscious of Allah, and say that which is upright, say that which is correct. He will bless your deeds for you, and rectify your affairs for you, and forgive your sins. And whoever obeys Allah and His Messenger has truly achieved a great triumph or success. Indeed, the most truthful of speech is the book of Allah, or the speech of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the best of guidance is the guidance of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And the worst and most evil of affairs are the newly invented matters. For every newly invented matter into the religion is a bid'ah. And every bid'ah is misguidance. And every misguidance is in the hellfire. O Muslimun, how often do we hear about the, some of the pleasures of this world? And the riches of this world and the large amounts of wealth that some people have been given in this world. We are the celebrities, sportsmen, football players and how much they earn per week, hundreds of thousands of pounds. And how much some people earn from investments and so forth. Such that some of us end up saying, Ya laytalana. How we wish that 
it was us who was given what they were given. And this reminds us of the story of Qarun, who was the companion of Fir'aun, who was given from the richness, from the riches of this world, such that the treasures that he contained and owned, the key to the treasure case had to be carried by men. Big, strong men had to carry the key, never mind what he owned. Imagine the vault, imagine what he actually possessed. And so the people of that time, this is exactly what they said. How we wish it was us who was given what was given to Qarun. But when he was punished by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is when the people realized the value of what Qarun owned. And this is when they took heed of what the scholars of that time invited them to. What the scholars of that time warned them against. Which is, to be not, not, which is not to be deceived by this dunya and the riches of this dunya. So today we come and we want to remind ourselves, people of Iman, people of Tawheed, with the same reminder that was given to the people of Qarun, not to be deceived by this world, not to be deceived by the pleasures and the riches of this world, and rather to focus more on the value and the riches that is contained in the Qur'an in the Sunnah. And the value that we achieve through ubudiyah, through worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala alone, and through following the Sunnah of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَمَا أُوتِيتُمْ مِنْ شَيْءٍ فَمَتَاعُ الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَزِينَتُهَا Whatever pleasures you have been given, is no more than a fleeting enjoyment and adornment of this worldly life. Whatever you have been given of this dunya is nothing but a fleeting enjoyment, which means it's something short-lived. It can be here today and be gone tomorrow. You experience it today and tomorrow we pass away. And that enjoyment comes to an end. And it's just a zina of this dunya. It's just an adornment of this world. And then Allah says, وَمَا عِنْدَ اللَّهِ خَيْرٌ وَأَبْقَى أَفَلَا تَعْقِلُونَ But what is with Allah is far better and everlasting. That which is done with Allah or for the sake of Allah and the reward that you will achieve which is with Allah is far greater. It's far beyond the rewards and the bounties of this world. And it's also everlasting. It's not fleeting. It doesn't come to an end. So Allah says, Will you not then understand? Will you not ponder and reflect? And then Allah says, can those to whom we have made a fine promise, which they will see fulfilled, the mu'minun. This is the promise Allah has given to us, and the true mu'minin will see this, this, this promise fulfilled. Can they be like those whom we have allowed to enjoy the pleasures of this worldly life? Can they be the same? This is what Allah is asking. 
Can they live the same? Can they have the same outlook in this world? Can they chase the pleasures of this dunya just like those non-Muslims are chasing the pleasures of this dunya? But on the day of judgment will be brought for punishment. Referring to the non-Muslims, they experienced some pleasures in this world, but on the day of Qiyamah they'll be brought for their punishment. Meaning that we can never be the same. The outlook in this world can never be the same. The way that we see this world and its pleasures can never be the same. And so therefore the way we live, the way we act, the way we are affected by what happens in this world can never be the same. If something of this world befalls us in a bad way, we say, We got sick. We lost some wealth. We understand it's a test from Allah. And we say this is the decree of Allah. And Allah does as He pleases. And we have patience with this. فَكَانَ ذَلِكَ خَيْرٌ As the hadith says, this will be something good for him. And if some goodness comes to us from this world, we understand it's just a bounty from Allah. So we are grateful for it. And so this is something good for him. And therefore the hadith said, عَجَبًا لِأَمْرٍ مُؤْمِنٍ That amazing is the affair of the believer. Because all of his affairs are good, and this doesn't apply except to the believer. So we live our life <coughs> with a purpose. And that purpose is to serve our Maker. Is to worship the one who created us. Ya ayyuhannas, rabbakum khalaqakum. Oh you be, oh people, oh mankind, worship the one, your Lord, who created you. And we understand that this was the purpose of creation. That the reason we were created is to worship Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and not for worldly pleasures. So we look at some ahadith which shows us the value of ubudiyah which shows us how insignificant this world is and how tremendous worship of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said in a hadith in Sahih Muslim, Raka'at al-Fajri khayrun min ad-dunya wa ma fiha. And in another version, the Musnad of Imam Ahmad, he said, Lahuma ahabbu ilayya min humri al-ni'am wa min humri al-na'am. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said that the two raka'at before Fajr, the two sunnah salahs before Fajr, they are better than this world and whatever it contains. They are better than this world and whatever it contains. So you can take all the treasures of this world, all the wealth in this world, and weigh it up against the two raka'at of Fajr, before Fajr. And that two raka'at will outweigh this. In the hadith, second hadith, he said, those two raka'at are more beloved to me than red camels, which in their t- days was the most valuable of, call it automobiles, of rides, compared to what we see today. That was the standard. That was the, the Rolls Royce. With a Ferrari or whatever you prefer. 
But that two raka'at the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said is more beloved to me than that. Subhanallah. And who said these words? Who's promising us the value of these raka'at? This didn't come from a random scholar who makes mistakes, who gets things right. This came from Asadiqul Masduq. Asadiqul Masduq was the way the Sahaba described Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. The one who is believed and the one who is trusted. It came from him. That these two raka'at, wherein you recite short surahs. We don't recite the whole surah Baqarah. We don't lengthen the salah. The sunnah is to make it very short. The sunnah is to pray that two raka'at. Khafifa, very short. To recite, قُلْ يَا أَيُّهَا الْكَافِرُونَ قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ That's the best way to pray that two raka'at. And yet it's more valuable than this world and whatever it contains. In fact, any two raka'at, any two raka'at that we prayed for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings about a great reward. For the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he walked past a qabr, a grave that had just been covered, a person had just been buried. And so he said, two khafifatan, two light, simple raka'at, not lengthy, two short raka'at, which you deem as insignificant, and that you prayed voluntarily. It's not fard. It was done voluntarily. يَزِيدُهُمَا هَذَا فِي عَمَلِهِ these two raka'at will increase in this person's deeds. أَحَبُّ إِلَيْهِ مِنْ بَقِيَّةِ دُنْيَاكُمْ That two raka'at, he said, is more beloved to me than the rest of your worldly affairs. It will be more beloved to that person, to the person who does this act of worship, than the rest of his dunya. So this shows us the value of just two raka'at. Two voluntary prayers. You stand, you make salah, it takes you two minutes. The Prophet ﷺ is telling us, this will be more beloved to you, especially when you're in your qabr, like this person who was just buried, than the rest of your dunya. That two raka'at will be worth to you more than the entire dunya. Subhanallah. And this doesn't even start with the fara'id. We're only speaking about sunnah. The sunnah can never reach the level of the fard. The sunnah can never reach the level of the fard. So if the two before fajr is better than the dunya and whatever it contains, what's the worth of the fard? What's the value of the fard? And the rest of the fara'id, subhanallah. Amalun yaseer wa ajrun kabir. Simple deeds. Small deeds that we do. But the reward is tremendous and great. Ayat. Simple ayat that we recite and that we learn from the book of Allah. Abu Hurairah radiallahu anhu he narrates from Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam that he said أَيُحِبُّ أَحَدُكُمْ إِذَا رَجَعَ إِلَىٰ أَهْلِهِ أَنْ يَجِدَ فِيهِ ثَلَاثَ خَلِفَاتٍ عَظِيمٍ عِظَامٍ سِمَانٍ He said <coughs> Wouldn't any one of you like to find three 
great fat pregnant she camels when he returns to his family so imagine you come home and there's three of the best cars waiting for you at home three of the best of cars that you can find waiting for you at home wouldn't you like this so they said of course we said yes of course no person wouldn't want this فَثَلَاثُ آيَاتٍ يَقْرَأُ بِهِنَّ أَحَدُكُمْ فِي صَلَاتِهِ خَيْرٌ لَهُ مِنْ ثَلَاثِ خَلِفَاتِ عِظَامِ سِمَانٍ So the Prophet said three ayat, three verses that one of you recites during the salah are better for him than the three great fat pregnant she camels. Three ayat. If you recited قُلْ هُوَ اللَّهُ أَحَدٌ اللَّهُ صَمَدٌ لَمْ يَلِدْ وَلَمْ يُولَدْ That's three ayat. وَلَمْ يَكُلْ لَهُ كُفُوًا أَحَدٌ That's only adding. So that means it's worth even more. And that's not even counting. Surah Al-Fatiha. Subhanallah. This is the value of ayat. Yaseera. Hadith in Sahih Muslim. In another hadith, Uqbah ibn Amir al-Juhani radiyallahu anhu, he said, we were, when we were in the Sufa, the place where the poor used to sit, Ahlu Sufa in Medina, behind the home of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked, which of you would like to go out every morning to Al-Budhan and Al-Aqiq, which were two valleys, just not too far from them. And come back with two large humped and fat she-camels. Without being guilty of sin and severing ties of kinship. Referring to the, the camels. Meaning, you get no sin for stealing the camel. Nor did you sever the ties between the camels. It's halal for you. So you went out to this valley. You came back with two fat she, healthy she, humped she-camels. The people said, and remember these were poor people. Ahlu Sufa were the poor of Medina. We would all like that. Again, no, even the wealthy wouldn't say no to this. He said, if any one of you goes out in the morning to the masjid and learns two verses of the book of Allah, Azza wa Jal, it is better for him than two she-camels. And three verses are better for him than three she-camels, and so on, than the number in camels. Hadith in Muslim. This hadith teaches us that to go out and learn one ayah, to go and study one ayah of the book of Allah is worth one she-camel. Two ayat is better than two, three ayat is better than three. Ila akhirihi. So this shows us the value of seeking knowledge. The greatness of seeking one ayah of the Quran. It's like nothing that this dunya really can compare to. So if somebody studies the Quran every day, whether it's a part-time student, full-time student, he's studying the book of Allah. Whether you're studying fiqh, hadith, aqidah, technically you're studying something which comes from the book of Allah. The value in studying the deen of Allah can never be equated to anything in this world. It can never be equated to anything in this world. And the hadith, of course, also proves the state of the dunya and the, the worth of this world. That in reality, 
it's not worth anything. In another hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, لَأَنْ أَقُولَ سُبْحَانَ اللَّهِ وَالْحَمْدُ لِلَّهِ وَلَا إِلَهَ إِلَّا اللَّهُ وَاللَّهُ أَكْبَرُ أَحَبُّ إِلَيَّ مِمَّا طَلَعَتْ عَلَيْهِ الشَّمْسِ He said, for me to say, Subhanallah, Alhamdulillah, La ilaha illallah, and Allahu Akbar. Four statements, every Muslim knows them. This is more beloved to me than anything that the sun rises upon. What does the sun rise upon? Everything on the face of this earth. The gold, silver, diamonds, whatever you see of value, the sun has risen upon it. For the Prophet says, for me to say just these four words is more beloved to me than anything the sun has risen upon. This is in Sahih Muslim. And then he also said, خَيْرٌ مِنَ الدُّنْيَا وَمَا فِيهَا These four statements are better than this world and whatever it contains. And it's known that the only regret the people of Jannah will have is, the only regret would be, I wish I made more adhkar. I wish I said another subhanallah. Because now they see the real value. Now they see the rewards in Jannah. And when they see these great rewards, they now say, if only we said that one more subhanallah, this reward would have been even greater. So this is simple a'mal. Simple deeds. That's not difficult for any person to do. Yet it's better than this whole world and whatever it contains. أقول هذا القول وأستغفر الله العظيم لي ولكم ولسائر المسلمين من كل ذنب فاستغفروه إنه هو الغفور الرحيم. الحمد لله على إحسانه. والشكر على توفيقه وامتنانه وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له تعظيما لشأنه وأشهد أن نبينا محمدا عبده ورسوله صلى الله عليه وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين أيها المسلمون If we look at this dunya with an eye of basira of insight, we look at it properly, we will realize the effect that it's had on this ummah and on the people. And how it's taken us and put us in some severe state of ghafla, of heedlessness. So we spend our days trying to earn more of this dunya. We spend our time engrossed in that which has no benefit for the akhirah it's all to do with the dunya our entertainment is for the dunya our love is for dunyawi things our hate is based on dunyawi things our arguments is based on discussions dunyawi things the reason we gather with people we split up with people is over dunyawi things and yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said, وَمَا هَذِهِ الْحَيَاةُ الدُّنْيَا إِلَّا لَهْوٌ وَلَعِبٌ This worldly life is no more than play and amusement. 
wa inna dar al-akhirata la hiya al-hayawan but the year after is indeed the real life law kanu ya'lamun if only they knew wa yaqulu subhanahu inna ma hadhihi al-hayatu ad-dunya mata' wa inna al-akhirata hiya dar al-qarar that this worldly life is only a fleeting enjoyment whereas the year after is truly the home of settlement ويقول سبحانه يا أيها الناس إن وعد الله حق فلا تغرنكم الحياة الدنيا ولا يغرنكم بالله الغرور O people, O mankind, indeed Allah's promise is true. So do not let the life of this world deceive you, nor let the chief deceiver deceive you about Allah. Referring to shaytan. So let us take heed. Let us take a warning not to spend time on that which is low and insignificant and miss out on that which is precious and valuable. Let us be aware that we don't give too much importance to that which is fun. Fani means it's going to disappear. It's going to be destroyed. man alayha fan, As the Quran says, every person in this dunya will be destroyed. He will leave. He will pass away. And then avoid that which is al-baqi, that which will remain forever. Let us take a warning and be careful not to be deceived by this dunya. And make our, our love, our happiness dependent upon what happens in this dunya. Ta'isa abdu dinar wa dirham wal khamila wal qatifa in radiya أو إن أعطي رضي وإن لم يعطى سخط رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم سيدنا حديث صحيح بخاري destroyed is the slave of the dirham and the dinar of money and of clothing of fancy clothing of silk referring to dunya we pleasures why is he a slave the hadith says if he's given of this world he becomes happy and if it's not given, if it's withheld, he becomes angry and upset and disappointed. Mm. So we are not deceived by this dunya like this. If it comes, alhamdulillah. If it doesn't come, alhamdulillah, it wasn't meant for me. This is the attitude of the believer. And like this, his happiness will never be dependent upon this dunya. For his deen becomes his main goal. As long as his religion is intact, he's praying, he's reciting Quran, his upholding family ties, his connection with Allah is intact, he will find happiness in this world. And this is the promise of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. فَسَتَذْكُرُونَ مَا أَقُولُ لَكُمْ وَأُفَوِّضُ أَمْرِي إِلَى اللَّهِ إِنَّ اللَّهَ بَصِيرٌ بِالْعِبَادِ You will remember what I say to you. This is the message that the Quran is saying. You will remember what I'm saying to you. This is what the messengers of the past said to their people. The truth is going to come. The promise is going to come. And so we leave on this message. You will remember what we are saying in this khutbah. And I entrust my affairs to Allah. Surely Allah is all-seeing of all His servants. <clears throat> Whatever I have said that's of truth is from Allah. Whatever I have said that's incorrect is from myself and from shaitan. هذا وصلوا وسلموا رعاكم الله على بشير النذير محمد بن عبد الله 
فقد أمركم الله بذلك في كتابه فقال عز من قائل عليما إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما اللهم صل على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد وارض اللهم عن الخلفاء الراشدين أبي بكر وعمر وعثمان وعلي وعن بقية الصحابة والتابعين وتابع التابعين وعنا معهم بمنك وكرمك وإحسانك يا أكرم الأكرمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين اللهم أعز الإسلام والمسلمين وأذل الشرك والمشركين ودمر أعداءك أعداء الدين يا مولانا يا رب العالمين اللهم انصر المسلمين والمستضعفين في كل مكان اللهم وكن لهم ناصرا ومعينا ومؤيدا وحفيظا اللهم وعليك بأعداء الدين فإنهم لا يعجزونك اللهم إنا نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفة والغنى اللهم إنا نسألك الهدى والتقى والعفة والغنى يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك اللهم يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك وصلى الله على نبينا محمد وعلى آله وأصحابه أجمعين